Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. This is Jean Ginsburg, and I have a very special guest today, Mara Cairo from Amy. I'm very excited to talk about what Amy has going on today. And it seems like a very interesting organization. So I'm gonna let Mara take the the mic. And yeah, first question, Mara, always is, you know, give our audiences some context. So tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you ended up to where you are now. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for having me, Jean. Really looking forward to the discussion. So I am Mara Cairo. I am product owner of the advanced technology team at Amy. I actually started my career in electrical engineering. So that's my, my specialty. And I specialized in nano engineering when I was in university. So very much focused on kind of the hardware space. I spent about nine years in working in an engineering firm where we were basically miniaturizing things. So working with really kind of specialized equipment, helping our clients to kind of move their products to production and spending years in a clean room. It can be maybe a little bit lonely. I think over time I realized that I actually preferred the work outside of the lab more than inside of the lab. So, you know, I preferred interfacing with my colleagues and clients and kind of creating ideas and also kind of managing projects. So that's sort of where my my heart was pulling me. So I pursued project manager designation and that sort of brought me out of the lab more into kind of bigger picture discussions and started my career with Amy as a project manager. So at that time, I was, again, very much kind of used to project management in a hardware organization, took the job at Amy, which is very much focused on AI and machine learning. So there was definitely a learning curve. I, I had a perception of what machine learning was from my, my background in hardware, but definitely learned a lot about AI and machine learning when I made that jump to Amy and, and this kind of side of the, the tech sector. And then I've been at Amy for four years now. So I moved from a project manager position to a product owner position, which is where I currently am. Basically, I lead a team of machine learning scientists and project managers who are all working with our industry partners to build out machine learning solutions to solve some of their hardest problems. Gotcha. Okay, this a lot to unpack there for sure. Thank you for <laughs> providing your background. So maybe you can tell our audiences, I know you kind of started going down the path of what Amy does, but yes, sounds like it's a uh, an organization that helps clients solve problems using AI or machine learning. But yeah, maybe you can kind of go a little bit deeper on that and then also maybe provide some examples of what what kind of organization so like what kind of organizations do you typically work with and then what kind of problems do they typically come to you with and what kind of problems are you solving for them yeah so amy is an acronym it stands for the alberta machine intelligence institute 
And it's been around in some form for over 20 years. So we have really strong academic ties to the University of Alberta. And that's where a lot of our researchers currently are. So what we sort of discovered many decades ago is that the research happening here at the U of A was sort of leading edge. Lots of the researchers are kind of pioneers in the space. And we wanted to kind of recognize that and make sure that the, the talent and the knowledge was staying in this community. So there was kind of some semblance of Amy back in the day, even when it was just a, a group of computer science professors really working to kind of establish some foundation and some roots here. And over time, that's evolved. And about, I guess, seven years ago now, Amy, as it kind of exists today, was established with basically the mandate of taking all of that great academic development and technology development and making sure that it's accessible to industry. So my job and kind of all of the, the products, products and services at Amy are really meant to help companies adopt AI and move them along that AI adoption spectrum. So we have a number of, of products and services all are designed to meet companies where they're at because obviously companies have different needs, different kind of literacy, different knowledge, comfort in this space. So we have kind of a suite of products and services. The advanced technology team that I lead is, you know, to help the more advanced companies really get hands-on support to start building out predictive models. But certainly there's a lot of work that goes in before companies are ready for that. So we generally start with training, education, and might be, and then we would just kind of take those ideas, further scope them out, make sure that the data exists to solve the problem, make sure that it's a feasible machine learning project to begin with, and then we would sort of move into the hands-on work. So we often refer to the AI adoption spectrum. And really, we're, we're set up to move our industry partners through that adoption for them to become really capable of doing that work themselves. So just to make sure I, I'm understanding in our audience, are you guys just training these organizations with, on, you know, on how to solve problems using AI, or are you actually doing the projects yourselves? We do both, again, okay. sort of depending on the needs of the companies. Some companies have the internal capacity and knowledge to do that themselves, but maybe they just need a little extra boost. So they need some support from our scientists, move them over a hurdle, move them past a roadblock. But more often than not, I think we work with companies who are really looking for additional resources, additional support in that kind of hands-on capacity. And that's really what my team focuses on there. We're not like a dev shop. We're very much collaborative and we we want our companies to walk away from the engagement, kind of understanding what we did, why we did it, and maybe even them being capable of taking that work and continuing to progress it forward in the future. One of the things that I run under my team is our internships and residencies program. And that's where we're basically taking early career professionals, often folks that are studying under our researchers at the U of A and actually placing them on these projects with industry. And then Amy is there to provide that really solid scientific mentorship and support. 
but you know the main goal and oftentimes what ends up happening is our clients hire these interns and residents at the end of the engagement with Amy which is you know sort of the goal it's the reason why we do what we do is we want to help enable companies to be able to take on this work themselves and to continue to become you know AI savvy AI literate as they continue to develop products Gotcha. And can you share some examples of the types of projects that you are currently working on or have worked on with the companies that you're working with? We work with all different companies, all different sizes, shapes. We just actually finished a really cool project in the supply chain space. So we've done a couple of projects in this space, actually, which is interesting because when you dive into that industry, there's just lots of areas that seem really ripe for innovation and really well suited for machine learning solutions. So when we're talking about supply chain, you know, usually we're thinking about demand casting. This this previous project we just wrapped up was also interested in pick route optimization when we're thinking about warehouses, how do you fulfill orders more efficiently, and then even how do you set up new warehouses? Like how do you design for efficiency? So there's just so many different use cases in supply chain, which has been really interesting to see. We definitely did a, a really great job on that project and had some major improvements to kind of what their baseline was. But like I said, we work with companies of all different shapes, sizes, industries. We work in agriculture and healthcare. The thing that I love most about AI and machine learning is it it really is industry agnostic and there's so many different use cases and potential and every project just seems kind of vastly different from the next but it's it's really cool when you're working with companies that you know have an established process an established baseline they've been doing something a certain way for years and it's really easy for us to measure the improvements with what we've built. But certainly, you know, we work with companies that are just one person. It's just a startup. They're, you know, they they see the potential, but they just really need help getting going. But we also work with large multinationals who, you know, again, have an, an ambitious project. Maybe they just need some help with capacity, help move their internal data science team along. So lots of different flavors of industry engagements, but all are kind of very uniquely interesting. Right. And just to drill down on that supply chain example. So what was the uh, problem and then how does, how did AI or like solve for that problem? Or what did you set up on the AI side to, I don't know, increase efficiency or whatever that might be? Yeah. So I think one of the the places where we saw the biggest impact, I would say, is that like warehouse space optimization. So this company designs warehouses for their clients. And up until this point, it's sort of just been kind of user knowledge, experience. They make the best guesses based off of their experience kind of building out and placing warehouses a certain way. But when we went in and developed a tool that sort of automatically did that for them, it's saving obviously a ton of time, a ton of human hours, but it's also making sure that the space is optimized to its fullest potential so that when they go in and they start, you know, filling the space with products, they know that there's kind of an efficient way to fulfill orders, that the right 
orders will be in the right location at the right time. So that was probably the biggest impact we had in that certain project was really just around the, the best use of space, which is interesting and maybe not something that people automatically think is a machine learning project, but it, it certainly is. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be be so many things and so many aspects, right? AI can solve for, for pretty much anything at this point. So yeah, it could, yeah. Be, it could be space. It could be time. It could be costs. It could be, yeah. I mean, there's so much that it could be applied to. Uh, such an interesting uh, you know, application for something that you wouldn't even think is like AI related. Totally. Uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge now in the AI space? I mean, you know, we AI is, you know, we all know has kind of been around the fringe for, you know, for many years and only in the last you know, year or two has it really been coming around to more mainstream. So what what do you think is the, is the challenge today? There's a couple that come to mind. Probably first off would be knowing where to start. I kind of referenced the AI adoption spectrum before and, you know, it is a journey, you know, it's not something that maybe happens overnight. Again, like I think matters that an organization actually understands what AI is and what it isn't and what an AI or a machine learning project looks like. Like, you know, there's again, lots of that kind of education that I think becomes really important. And then how to kind of progress along that spectrum. Again, we're kind of designed to help fill those gaps and answer those questions. But certainly when we talk with new companies, just in that discovery phase, there's, you know, sometimes some confusion. We don't know where to start. What do we do? There's so much information out there right now, certainly now, <laughs> especially. So we kind of temper that with our, our products and services. And I think also kind of related to that is devoting the, the necessary resources and time. These projects, you know, in some ways, especially the more, I guess, complex applications, they do take time. And sometimes it feels you know, experimental and exploratory. And we want to make sure that we spend the right amount of time in that experiment and exploration stage to make sure that we're going down the right path and that we're getting the best results. But of course that takes time. And I think sometimes that can be hard, certainly from like a, a budget and a timeline perspective, but we really do need that buy-in from our industry partners, like understand that it is a process. It is a journey. Working with us is going to expedite it for you, but, you know, we still need lots of participation and, and collaboration from our industry partners to be really successful. I think another challenge is maybe not always recognizing what the business problem is. Like there's folks that are really excited about the technology and they want to start with the solution. You know, they want to start with machine, le machine learning and work backwards. But we really know that if there isn't a business problem, then, you know, machine learning isn't probably the right solution. You need to really understand what business problem you're solving first. And I think sometimes people get that a little bit backwards. So again, we help to kind of support the, the thought process that goes into ideating the right types of business problems with ML solutions. And I think lastly, like certainly something I'm feeling right now in terms of challenges is just the overwhelming amount of information and news and stories and hype. So I think certainly AI literacy becomes really, really important. And with that, you know, this huge topic of AI ethics is also really important. So thinking deeply about 
the impacts that these tools are are having inherent biases and all of that that's definitely a big conversation too and I don't think uh, you can skip over that without maybe seeing some potential issues down the road maybe yes that, that's absolutely true there are several challenges actually thing that you mentioned the one about like just education right because I come from a digital marketing background and that when digital marketing came about to be also in the beginning it's like there was all these like you know, myths and misconceptions about what it is or what it, I mean, still is, I think, to this day. So it's yeah. so interesting to hear that with like a new type of industry that's growing. And I think education, yeah, definitely is a big piece of it in order to, I think everyone to really kind of understand why, how it works and what it is and like, what is the difference between AI and what's really the difference between machine learning? Because I mean, technically, from what I understand, AI doesn't technically exist. It's just the machine learning piece, right? That is what is in existence now. I don't think hit artificial intelligence, unless I'm incorrect about that. I think it depends who you ask for sure. Okay. Uh, I think the the hot topic now is artificial general intelligence, which I would I would say is is not here yet. But from our perspective, you know, machine learning is a type of AI, and AI is basically just a tool that makes a decision without being explicitly told what to do so like google maps telling you how to get from point a to point b there isn't someone like planning your path in the background it's doing it automatically so according to our definition that is ai it's doing a task without kind of that human piece to it but certainly when we when we think about i think the sci-fi definition of ai no i don't think we're quite there yet Right. And then that's part of the education, right? Exactly. So I guess it's more like autonomous intelligence, maybe maybe yes. not artificial intelligence, but like, yeah, it's an example of Google Maps, right? It's not, I wouldn't probably call it AI, but it is autonomous intelligence that's telling us, you know, yes, I can pick a point from point A to point B to go somewhere. There's no person behind it, but there's right. code behind it that says, yes, you can get from point A to point B and here's how it would work. So yeah, maybe the the step between like ML and AI might be autonomous intelligence. I don't know how I would describe, maybe I should coin that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. I think our, yeah, last question I wanted to ask, which is how we usually wrap up before the final question of how to get in touch with you. Last question is, what is your prediction for the industry now? This is a very loaded question. There are so many ways you can go in. It could be in ethics. It could be in, you know, functionality. It could be in education. I mean, there's, or all of it. Yeah, feel free to pick one or several and let me know what your thoughts are. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I wish I had a crystal ball because it's going to be really interesting, I think. From Amy's perspective, we're sort of at that point where... I feel like now AI feels really accessible to folks, um, even with ChatGPT and these sort of new large language models coming out. I think we've finally kind of got everyone's attention. Like, oh, I really need to start thinking about this, this technology because it's so easy to kind of access now for, for everyone. So I think with that, there's obviously this increased interest uh, from lots of different companies to start adopt the technology and you know our we often tell industry like it's 
it's up to you. You either lead or you be led at this point. Like if you're not using this technology, your competitors probably are. And this, this can be your competitive advantage. So there's, I think there is this kind of sense of urgency now that we've seen. Uh, people are finally like, oh, we need to, we need to get on that boat. So my prediction is just for more and more companies to get adopt the technology, I'll say, and really kind of understand what value it brings to their unique problems. And again, back to that literacy piece, because of all of the information coming at us all the time and the the new tools that are kind of at our fingertips now, uh, just understanding we're not all computing scientists and that's perfectly fine. We don't necessarily have to understand what's going on behind the scenes, but the overall, you know, what is AI? What isn't it? What problems is it good at? What should it not be involved with? And, you know, you touched on it too, those ethical considerations. I think we all need to start thinking a little bit more deeply about that. So that's my my prediction. And who knows, in a year, it might be something <laughs> something different. But I think it's just a really exciting point in time. And we're just seeing a lot of interest in adopting the technology now. Yes, absolutely. I, and I've heard so many different reports about the adoption of it now, and especially big organizations, a little slow on the adoption, which is normal, you know, big, big sure. organizations, hard to get them to get, you know, to incorporate or adapt a new technology. So it's kind of, there's a lot of conversations about AI, but then like, really being used practically from a practical yeah. I mean, my, for you guys, for sure, but I'm saying like for like the rest of <laughs> the rest of the world. Uh, yeah, very, very differing. I feel like reports are coming out based on who's actually using it and how and to what extent. Um, so very um, interesting points to kind of ponder over, but also just think about what's the future and, and what the future holds. And it might be totally different when we talk in a year, <laughs> because based on what you said and based on what, um, you know, what, what's going to be transpiring over the next year or so. So, uh, so yeah, I love having these conversations and talking about predictions because it's like everyone's, everyone's got a different thought and a different, I guess, experience moving forward and also what, you know, and then we got to, it'd be interesting to share notes <laughs> in a year and see if, <laughs> yes. if this was, uh, if this was it or, or something completely you know, different and sidelined us when it comes to AI. So wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much, Mara. And last question is how can our audiences get in touch with you or Amy? Yeah, so you can find us online, amy.ca. That's A-M-I-I dot C-A. We have description of kind of our different products and services. And we'd certainly be open to chatting with anyone who wants to just learn more about this space. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Jean. Take care.